0: Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show and online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello, hello and welcome to Grill Nation. I'm your host Jason Grill. Thanks for joining us today on KMBZ Business Channel 1660 AM online at kmbz.com and through grillnationshow.com. Appreciate you checking us out on the various podcast networks as well. Very excited about that and expanding the show. Um, we have a fun show today. I want to, uh, first mention our supporters and, uh, contributors of Grill Nation. John Kenny from Kenny Ertz Perry Law Firm. Uh, Andrew Bash from the Bash Group. Uh, we also have uh, Ryan Maybe from Rieger Hotel Grill and Exchange and Jay Rigger, who will be joining us, uh, quarterly with a, a tour type, big issue type show. Also, uh, power, Kansas City Power and Light District will be sending over guests. Uh, Danny Pfeiffer from Catalyst is also a contributor. So we're continuing to grow our contributor base with different sectors of, uh, of the community and the nation. So appreciate the founding fathers for joining us on Grill Nation. And one of the, uh, the people who, uh, we're going to be bringing in our first segment today. Uh, Matthew Dahlberg has been a contributor to the show when it comes to financial, uh, and investment, uh, retirement plan information. Uh, we'll be having him on our first segment today. In our second segment today, um, we will have Darcy Howe. Darcy Howe is a really cool entrepreneurial renaissance woman. She's, she's, re, she's received numerous awards in Kansas City and throughout the country. She's involved in many boards. I, I met her when I, um, uh was at a KC Pulse event she spoke about networking building your your consensus bringing people together uh, creating alliances uh, she's done work in angel investing uh obviously she's done work in investing in all different types helping people business leader uh the list goes on and on she's won awards uh in Kansas City and in the throughout the country she's going to come on and talk about of her background and uh, how you can create alliances, how you can use your spousal network. Really cool information from uh, Darcy Howe. Um, also talk about Women's Capital Connection and how she got involved with that. In our second and third segments today on Grill Nation, and in our fourth segment today, we're going to finish the show off with a good friend of mine, Matt Binge, who is a consultant at SRA, does a lot with insurance, but also does a lot uh, online through LinkedIn, growing his network, uh, growing his sales potential, uh, he'll be in our last segment today. He's got a cool little take he's involved in everything here in in Kansas City as well as uh different parts of the country. I'm going to razz him a little bit about KU basketball which uh which I was very happy to see lost to Wichita State in the NCAA tournament. Uh recently I I, I think all Missourians now are Shocker fans. So I uh I am excited about the tournament and it's been a lot of fun. I also want to mention too that I had a trip down to south by southwest. I went down there with the great folks uh, uh, some people from the KC Downtown Council and the KC EDC, along with people from Think Big and uh, Influence and Co. and whatnot. And we had a great time down at South by Southwest in Austin at the interactive session. I met with some great people down there and hope to bring you some interviews with some national uh, national thought leaders in tech, entrepreneurship, interactive, and in sports. I got to meet uh, Matthew Barry from ESPN. Uh, along with the head of Yahoo Fantasy Sports, which was pretty cool, and then got to see uh, the Veep, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, uh, better known as Elaine from Seinfeld, give a couple speeches, met Vinny Chase from Entrage. the list goes on and on at South by. It's a great expen- experience. If you've never been, you should go to Austin, Texas during the South by Southwest Interactive and Film. Didn't get to do music, but uh, maybe down the road we'll do that. So um, Let's get into the show today. Uh, it's It's tax time. It's tax season. Uh, April fifteenth is just right around the corner, and I thought it was a great time to have on one of our trusted advisors uh, to Grill Nation. Uh, we have Matthew Dahlberg, who's the owner of 111 Street Investments, a registered investment advisor based here in Kansas City. His firm focuses on setting up retirement plans for small businesses and providing comprehensive wealth on what is called a fee-only basis, in quotes, meaning no investments are sold on commission. 111th Street Investments has often been quoted in TurboTax as well as financial publications such as NerdWallet, which I checked out this morning, uh, TheStreet.com, and Investor Junkies. You can find out more information about uh, Matthew Dahlberg's firm, 111th Street Investments, on their website at 111streetinvestments.com. You can also reach them at 913-802-401-K, 913-802-401-K. Matthew, welcome to the Grill Nation, and uh, welcome to the studio. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you joining me. Uh, it's tax time, and uh, wanted to go over a couple topics today. You are a a, a trusted contributor to uh, Grill Nation. First off, uh, saving taxes, or excuse me, yeah, saving taxes by setting up a small business retirement plan, a SEP IRA. Um, let's talk about that. What is a SEP IRA, and uh, let's get into some of the advantages.
1: Sure, sure. It stands for uh, Simplified Employee Pension. Uh, SEP IRA is uh, for, well, really for uh, entrepreneurs, uh, self-employed persons. Um, it's just one of your basic retirement plans, or I should say one of many retirement plans whereby has its own rules um, uh, now, like they all do. And, but, and
0: let's mm, go over some of those rules. Mm, sure. Um, what is the maximum and what are the... You know, I know that you could contribute up to like fifty thousand or fifty two thousand. Yeah, yeah, it's expanding it, every year.
1: Yes, that's correct. It is indexed for inflation. Uh, the for two thousand fourteen tax years, two thousand or fifty two thousand dollars. However, it's also twenty five. It's the lesser of I'm sorry, the lesser of twenty five percent of your income from mm-hmm. self employment or fifty two thousand dollars. Yes. Okay. So you, in other words, in order to reach, reach that fifty two thousand mark, you have to have. I think it works out 260000 in compensation. Sure. Um,
0: so if you, uh, you're a small business owner and your wages were like 50000 then you could, whatever percentage of that 25%.
1: Yeah, it's actually a more complicated formula than that because of the deduction I for see. various things, uh, but it's maximum 20% is what that ends up okay. being. Um, Where a SEP is good, one of the rules of the SEPs is a very important rule is that, um, in this case, unfortunately, it's um, well, a business owner has to contribute the same percentage of pay to each of their employees, including themselves. So, in other words, if your business has four or five employees, well, if you want to put in, let's say, a large sum of money for yourself, you have to calculate out what percentage of that is of your income or of your pay, and you have to give that same percentage to each of your employees. That can add up very quickly. Mm-hmm. So, for my clients, usually, uh, I would recommend a SEP IRA if somebody's their own business. Uh, in other words, they don't have any employees. Um, or, um, it's a mom and pa shop type operation. I see. Keep the money in the family. So, a lot
0: being. of LLCs out there, uh, maybe S Corps. Yep. Yep. Uh, as Governor Brownback likes to call them, pass-through entities there you over go. and over in yeah, Kansas. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, Sure, sure. Very interesting. Uh, appreciate you giving us some of the rules on SEP IRAs with tax time coming around, and sure, potentially you can you can save that money and, or help out your employees. And
1: well, the, and the, yeah, that's definitely true. Definitely true. One of the reasons I've list, listed, sell uh, SEP IRAs rather um, on this show is because uh, the contribution deadline—that's key—is whenever your tax return is due, including extensions. So you can have up to October fifteenth to contribute.
0: I see. Of this year on last year's income tax.
1: Thank you. Exactly correct. Okay. Yep. So
0: so you file on April fifteenth. You uh, you have until that day. Exactly. Exactly.
1: Figure out if you got a few dollars lying around, you can save money on taxes uh, i'm gonna
0: have to look at that that's for sure
1: yep. I, have, I have i have maybe a couple of pennies i can scrap together I, and... I i would definitely look at it yeah, yeah, <laughs> i need to sure, start i need to start sure. saving
0: at some point right sure 35 sure.
1: isn't too late right uh, and uh, if you start now you'd be uh, relatively speaking compared to the american population unfortunately you'd be in relatively good shape it's um that's why, that's why we're that's we're
0: friends, Matthew. You keep me straight. Uh, <laughs> no, no,
1: no. Nobody will. T- everybody will tell you nobody's cheaper than me. Unfortunately, <laughs> so, so I don't know. Um, I want to talk about
0: uh, setting up a non-business retirement plan. So we're talking about for our entrepreneurs out there. We're talking about a Roth or a traditional IRA. Um,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: First of all, tell me about the two differences between those two things.
1: Well, um, the Roth IRA came about 1997. The other IRA is called a traditional IRA because it was basically first. Um, they share a lot of similar characteristics in the sense that they are both uh, individual retirement accounts. Um, can't get the money out until you're 59 and a half except for a few exceptions. Um, they are The funds there should be dedicated for your retirement. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of where the similarities end in the sense that um, if you don't earn too much money and you're not covered under what's called a qualified plan at your job or your spouse may not be. Uh, so for example, a 401k plan, a 403b plan, um, you can usually deduct the uh, your contributions to a traditional Roth, or excuse me, a traditional IRA. Mm-hmm. So, for example, so that
0: that's that's what the quick question was I had is can you deduct your IRA contributions or not
1: on your taxes? It depends on whether there are complicated rules. It depends on whether or not you and/or your spouse are covered under a qualified plan, and really it depends on how much money you earn after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the limits
0: are uh, what now? I think they're uh, offhand. It's four fifty oh a month or five hundred a month.
1: Oh, well, um, the maximum you can put into the plan is $5,500 a year, unless okay. you're 50 or older that year, and then you can put an additional $1,000. Okay.
0: So this is something people can be doing, uh, and also, too, maybe potentially can deduct from their, uh, um, their taxes that isn't, you know, that they should be doing. An uh, entrepreneur or small business owner
1: yes. can potentially, yes.
0: can, can put something in there.
1: Definitely, definitely. This is a, and again, this is a plan where, um, you have until your tax return due date to contribute.
0: And then, um, where do you guys fall on the Roth versus traditional IRA debate?
1: Well, this is kind of an academic. Let me say, as you guys, the 111th Street Investments. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Me and the cat. And my sole employee <laughs> right now. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, well, um, th- this is kind of an academic argument. Uh, with a Roth IRA, you can't deduct your contributions, but the idea is your earnings are never taxed again. Okay, so a young man such as yourself, 35 years old, well, heck, your life expectancy, you know, if you stop your… Be normal behaviors, all right. No, your life expectancy <laughs> if I could eat be, <laughs> right. don't, don't go to South by Southwest next year. There you go. Uh. Um, no, your life expectancy generally could be a hundred years old. Okay, at, at people our age, so you could look at it. You you could have six decades of tax free growth in a Roth IRA. Now, that's that's one reason why I would recommend them over most um, over a traditional IRA. There are other rules. Again, you can't earn too much money to so mm-hmm. be able to contribute to a Roth IRA. There's some other things going on. However. Um, basically the rule is you want to pay taxes when the rates are the lowest. Okay, So if you're in the high-income tax bracket and you know you're going to get a tax deduction for a traditional uh, IRA, you want to m- get that deduction now, Versus a Roth, you might wait years and years and then pay taxes when you retire. If you're going to be in a lower tax bracket, then That's very
0: cool. Know. Hey uh, Matthew, we got a couple minutes left. Let's talk about the small business pension setup tax credit and using the credit to defray some of your setup, admin, and educational costs of yeah, this a business is, retirement plan.
1: This is one of my favorites, uh, if not the favorite. Most small business owners, a lot of CPAs don't know about this. In fact, um, it's a, a small credit whereby the IRS will allow a business owner, as long as they set up a retirement plan for their shop, as long as one of the employees uh, is not an owner, and there are complicated IRS rules that determine that. It just can't be your brother. It has to be a true, not family-related, non-owner. You can defray up to 50% of a, up to $1,000 in costs, uh, administrative costs, costs of educating the employees about the plan, costs of paying advisor such as our shop to set the plan up, et cetera. Um, 50% of that three, you get for three years, so you can defray up to $500 in costs. The best part is you can do it the year in advance the plan starts. Really? So if you were going to set it up for 2016, okay, you could get the tax credit as long as you pay the cost of this year, in fact. So it's a uh, – and not a lot of people, again, know about that. And
0: that's the small business pension setup tax credit.
1: Exactly, yep.
0: Okay, let's go on to the last one I want to talk to you about mm-hmm. real quickly is the retirement savers credit.
1: Ah, oh, yeah. Okay, this, this is another good one where, uh, especially entrepreneurs, our pay is so darn variable. Um, with the retirement uh, savers tax credit, it allows people under a certain amount of income to get – a credit uh, on their taxes. The top credit is fifty percent. It's two thousand dollars maximum contribution for a single person, four thousand for a married couple filing, uh, filing jointly. But say, for example, okay, Jason, if you earned you know a certain amount of money, if two thousand fourteen wasn't a very good year, and you decide, well, I still have a couple extra dollars, I want to put it to a uh, an IRA. You can get you could get a ten or twenty percent or fifty up to fifty percent credit for the amount you contribute. That's put in hundred dollars, get fifty back from the federal government. I mean that's. That's pretty darn that's good. That's pretty return. darn good. Yeah. Uh, Matthew yep.
0: Dahlberg, uh, thank you again for coming on Grill Nation Day. We can check you out at 111 investments.com mm-hmm. And then your phone number is 913-802-401K. That's 913-802-401K. Great person to talk to on financial uh, investments and uh, great person management. to talk to at tax, tax time and wealth management. And, and you're helping out uh, Main Street every day, aren't you?
1: Uh, that's our tagline, Wealth Management for Main Street. And although it. I'm not a tax advisor, but, uh, you know, you can look all this stuff on the IRS website, run it by your accountant. You'll be good. Very cool, sir. Well, we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for coming on Grill Nation. Thanks for having me. We'll be right back after the break. Running down the street
0: like your hair's on fire. Thoughts roaming fast like a man. Welcome back to Grill Nation. I'm your host, Jason Grill. Thanks for joining us today on the KMBZ Business Channel, 1660 AM and online at KMBZ.com. Uh, you can check out all of our old shows and connect with me on our website at GrillNationshow.com and at Jason Grill on Twitter. Appreciate you joining us today. Hope you're having a great start to your spring. Um, I want to continue on with this episode of Grill Nation with our next guest. Uh, we have in studio Darcy Howe who is a um, really she's kind of a uh, a jack of all trades if you will she's she's she's, she's a renaissance woman <laughs> she's, a, she's 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 uh, been involved with very very many things here in Kansas City and across the country uh she's she's on many boards she's a he's an advisor uh to people uh financial advisor senior executive angel investor business leader you know you do about everything in town and have done a lot uh, throughout your career so uh wanted to have you on the air we have Darcy Howe in studio today hi darcy
2: Hey, Jason. Good to see
0: you. To see you. Um, so we met through – I've had uh, Connor Tihan on the show, and, and we met at his uh, organization called KC Pulse. You gave a, a speech uh, to all, all these, you know, what is it, 20, 30, 40-something uh, KC community leaders, I guess you would say, or business.
2: It's a very act. impressive group yeah. of those of you who are trying to – it just seemed like a very impressive – achieving group group that that want to be around other achievers and help each other achieve um and in different businesses i am very impressed by your group
0: and then you uh you gave a speech that morning and i was very impressed by you as someone who you know you go to those events and you hear different people speak and i I thought you were unique in your background and all the stuff you'd done in your career and i thought it was interesting And, and your involvement in the community so i was like She'd be a great guest for the grill, for grill nation. And at the time we were entrepreneur KC, but, um, wanted to kind of, kind of get in depth with you about your background, what you've done in your career. And, and then we'll get into some of the, uh, cool things you talked about at the speech with regards to building your brand and building your, um, your network, I guess you would say. So first of all, take our, our listeners through kind of your basic background and uh, what you do in your career.
2: Well, I uh, I started in the carpet business, actually, and which isn't that cool when you're going to cocktail parties in your 20s and, hey, what do you do? And there were a lot of people making a lot more money doing more interesting things, it appeared, than I was doing. But actually, it was an amazing um, first five-year career in helping me understand the business flow of, of manufacturing to distribution to sales. Mm-hmm. And I learned a lot from a lot of old guys out in the middle of, of Nebraska and, and Kansas on on how to build relationships and how to um, provide what the customer needed, and how to be in the head of the customer, uh, their own customer. And so, I would say my training—it uh, may not have been evident as being a carpet manufacturer's rep, but it actually built my career foundation for mm-hmm. the way I conducted my business life after that. So then I spent that was—that's
0: very interesting. To think about that. <laughs> so you were you were pounding the pavement in that career, huh? Back when was that? That was that um, was that was.
2: That was back in the early 80s. Yeah. Oh my God, you know, I could tell you stories. I had to go out as the manufacturer's rep to look at complaints about carpet. And I went out to one in the middle of Nebraska. This this tiny little home. And I went in, it was a builder grade carpet. Well, builder grade carpet has about, you know, an inch of backing between each tuft. Mm-hmm. And so she says, my God, my, my builder grade carpet is matted. And these little teeny hallways, I'm like, of course they're walking down the middle of the hallway. And then her husband comes in, and he has a club foot. (laughs) I'm like, am I in a Woody Allen movie? (laughs) I mean, you know, I'm 22 years old trying to try to problem solve here. So, you know, gave me amazing opportunities to understand, you know, real life. I grew up in suburban St. Louis. Uh These are small towns. These are real people. These are great um, people who built neat businesses that their towns depended on. And I came to really. Um, appreciate the you know. The it's funny I have a business. friend
0: I have a friend whose family owns a carpet business and he travels a lot across the country and I have a beer with him once in a while and he kind of talks to me about the industry it's, it's interesting it's but, uh, very complex there's a lot of competition in the carpet industry
2: well you know it's such, such a commodity too <laughs> yeah. so you know how do you sell your difference I went to one my distributor was a big Nebraska fan and he was coming down for the KU game again I'm here I'm 22 23 years old we had a new product that I knew that he would love. So I brought the samples to the game, and at halftime, and it was called, uh, what was the product called, like Exciting Times or something. Uh-huh. I said, Bob, I can't think of a more exciting time to present <laughs> this carpet sample to you. I mean, you know, so you just clever. You had to do crazy, crazy <laughs> stuff. And I went from that to work, working and living in New York City and calling on big end users and and um architectural firms who are guys using terms like but do you have aubergine
0: yeah sure color
2: aubergine in your horty-toity. Uh, yeah, you know? so you know it really it was a tremendous i would say this to anyone who is younger in your career look at the value of what you're doing not the actual job but what what kind of skills and opportunities mm. do you have to grow individually that you can build upon and uh, there's nothing that could have prepared me better for my then career working sure. with, um, you know, kind of ultra high net worth individuals. That and, and
0: and take us through that real quick. So you you did that for a long time. So that's where you kind years. of built your, uh, yeah. your, your, uh, your, what do they call it, your Rolodex back then? Well, yeah. <laughs> what, do we what, what do we is? call it now? What do we call it now? Our contact list, our LinkedIn. Page I had a show. meeting this
2: morning. I learned more about this person on LinkedIn in the five minutes I had before I left the house than I would have known ever back in the day when I was building my own network. So mm-hmm. the tools that that we all have now today to to understand um, you know people that we want to be around or people sure. who we are around and and how that relationship can flourish and how you and what you can do for them and i've always said this this is an important aspect of how to um how to build your brand and how to build uh your network is always look for opportunities to do th- nice things for other people right whether it's business or personal or whatever it might be and
0: you got to do that stuff right i get thank you notes too in the mail still sometimes and it's It's nice. Isn't it special mean, pen rights? Yeah,
2: snail mail thank you note anymore. It's, it stands out now, right? It used to be what we all did.
0: I know. I heard a guy in Starbucks or Panera this morning talking about how he got these new thank you notes and they cost a couple bucks a piece. And he was sending out eight in the mail and I overheard his conversation. I said, that makes a difference. It really does. I mean, in the business community, I think, I mean, I, I kind of feel like I need to step up my game, Darcy, and go get some new thank you notes and stop doing emails and uh, text messages, right?
2: Yeah, and, and uh, the way your thank you note looks too. You know, guys, you need a nice card. It's mm-hmm. just a nice big card, and your initials or something on it.
0: So yeah. you, so you came, you came to Kansas City then um, when you were at Merrill Lynch. Is that when you kind of came back to Kansas City, or I came? You back, never were Kansas City, right? You I was were... in Kansas City. Okay. no, no,
2: I was in Kansas City in the carpet business, okay, Then I moved to was... New York City. Okay, then I was, I was dating my husband to be, my husband now of thirty years, sure. and uh, while well, he looked for partnerships and law firms in New York because he was a partner in a law firm Uh, that he was, they weren't giving, you know, 30 year old guys partnerships in New York city law (laughs) firm. So I moved back here. You can only build so many hours. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I moved back. Um, but I had to find a job. I didn't like Kansas City that well the first time, truthfully. Well, I mean,
0: you're a suburban St. Louis person, right, originally, right? Well, more right? So you, you is have that it wasn't
2: hopping enough for sure. me. And sure. I, well, I you came I from New York. I so. took a job. Uh, in, I went to school in Indiana. I took a job in, in uh, Pennsylvania thinking that I'd do the coast, and they sent me here to Kansas City. So anyway, so I come back to Kansas City, and I think, what can I do that gives me that buzz of New York? Because I loved New York. Mm-hmm. So I started in the commodities business. Maryland Futures, a commodities company, they went out of business about six months after I got there, which is probably a blessing to my career and clients. And uh, I went to what I thought at the time was the boring stock and bond sure. side. And back then, and this is the early '80s, we were the risk capital. So everybody who had a relationship, their their relationship was with their banker. I oh, know, I know my banker. I know. And now, if fast forward, you know, the relationship is with their advisors. We're no longer the risk capital. We're now everything, right? The mortgage, the, the financial planning, the right. kids, the grandkids, uh, and the business I built was a very high net worth. They were mostly um, investor clients who were selling businesses, selling family businesses.
0: Let's continue this conversation after the break. We're talking to Darcy Howe uh, on Grill Nation today. We'll be right back after the break. I want to get into some awesome other stuff you've done with boards and Angel Capital and whatnot after the break. We'll be right back on Grill Nation.
3: Your perfect.
0: Well you can tell everybody. Yeah, you can tell
3: everybody. Go ahead and tell everybody. I'm the man, I'm
2: the man,
0: I'm the man Welcome back to Grill Nation. I'm your host, Jason Grill. We are sitting with Darcy Howe, who is a rock star in my opinion. In the well, at one point was a rock star in the carpet business, but now she's a rock star <laughs> and uh in everything with regards to um Financial, you know, anything with finances, with boards, with women's groups—I mean, she does it all. Darcy, we were talking about your move back to Kansas City, and so you spent what it's thirty years now. Yeah, working thirty-one in the financial industry, and, and it's changed a lot, hasn't it?
2: Yeah, we used to we used to be the risk capital. We're now the you know the the really we're the family office, and mm-hmm. for my clients, we're the family office. So we do the bill pay. We did we did um, you know, working with the kids. We're multi generational. Group that, that works with multi-generation. So it's, you know, it's important for people to see, um, and to have good experiences with trusted people because you gotta trust somebody at some point. Mm -hmm. And you can be a do-it-yourselfer, like I, there were a lot of do-it-yourselfers in the carpet business in my first career, but being a do-it-yourselfer when you have a lot of net worth, that's, that's a big responsibility. And, And then what are you doing to help your kids understand this and learn this and, and feel confident and not screw it up when they, you know, have an opportunity to have well,
0: One of the things that I noticed is that you have children, and when you were they were at a young age, you kind of impressed upon them the importance of saving and of giving, um, with regards to planned gifts and giving to charity and saving money. Tell me about that because I thought that was fascinating. I feel like that's kind of forgotten in this day and age with families and with children.
2: You know, it's part of parenting, and parents need to kind of think about this: is you got to help your kids be good adults. How do you help them to be good adults? One way, of course, is by example. And I know a lot of people who have means of all varieties who give to their churches or charities or whatever, but how many parents help their kids learn how to be philanthropic? And our kids went to a private school. They frankly had kids of all economic backgrounds, but the ones they hung out with were the ones with a little higher socioeconomic background. So um, I was involved in some organizations and got them a little involved in it personally. And then we ended up putting a fund together at the Community Foundation, a, a modest-sized fund called the Katie and Andrew Fund. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the two of them have to work together. That's another... Uh, and they're you know,
0: adults now. They're
2: 25 <laughs> and 27, and it was they're really... They probably
0: thank you for that now.
2: Well, it was fun. When our son was in college, he wanted to be a big shot at his fraternity. sure. So he wanted to use all the money for this dance marathon, They the... the the school raises like 1.8 million dollars, and his fraternity was the biggest money raiser of the of the group. So he wanted to be a big shot and show off. And well, mom, I want to use all the money. I'm like, hey, don't talk to me about it. Talk to your sister. You you guys have to negotiate between yourselves as to how you're going to use the money. And his sister um, said, okay, if this helps Andrew and his leadership and with his fraternity and in college, I'll I'll give up my portion of it. So it's it's kind of a neat way now for as they get a little older for adult kids to mm-hmm. have. Something in common that they have to work together, even though you know they one lives in Chicago, one lives in Washington D.C., and it's a it's a thing that they do together. So.
0: Cool cities. Um, talk to me about your involvement with the Women's Capital Connection and what angel investing is, uh, because a lot of people don't understand what that is completely.
2: As a businesswoman, I did. I feel that, and I've always felt kind of powerful in my life for whatever reason. Given you know, my parents do that, or I don't know what, but um, and I wanted to impart that feeling of of powerfulness to other women and i read a lot about how women had a harder time getting funding for businesses and yet women are very much the engine of small businesses they start more they small they start small businesses at a higher percentage but they don't tend to dream as big so they don't tend to scale their businesses as much and they don't tend to ask for as much money they don't quite have the moxie that a lot of the guys did so there are a group of women um, who, uh, and I was one of the, the founders, there were about 20 of us who put this together, and um, we raise money, we give our money, actually, so we invest in early-stage women-led companies. So an angel investor is someone who invests at the very early stages. These would be pre-revenue stages for the most part. And we also brought not only money to them, but we brought expertise. So we're women who who are in a variety of of um, economic sectors in our careers healthcare uh, transportation communication financial services so we can provide expertise to these businesses as well so we've invested over the last eight years about two and a half million dollars um, about a dozen uh, transactions in that time period and we've had one liquidity event so far a couple more are coming probably in the next year so that's exciting um, it's pretty pretty
0: fun oh yeah and I've interacted with some people. Um, over the years from that organization, and they've always been great. I was on a panel with one of them judging a uh, startup competition at one point, And, um, it's, I think it's great. I, I, I just, um, you know, there's so much value to different types of people and different types of race, races and different types of genders and in the entrepreneurial world. I feel like and,
2: I would challenge if you're an older person listening to this broadcast. This is another way to also give back to your community. So you might be somebody who's giving to charities, but think about if you were trying to grow Kansas City or grow whatever community you're in, mm-hmm. um, the entrepreneurial, this is where young people will find um, success, and this is where your, your, your community will hold people in the community to grow and, and to raise their own families if you have a really healthy entrepreneurial environment. So I would challenge the older people who are listening to this that, you know, early-stage investing sounds scary, but it's something that you think about it as you can get a return on your investment and you can do something really great for your community.
0: I agree. We're talking to Darcy Howe. And, Darcy, I'd be I, remiss if I didn't mention some of your awards you've received. I will mention that okay. and not embarrass you. <laughs> uh, top 100 Women and Financial Advisors in the U.S. with Barron's Magazine. Top 100 Wealth Advisors in the U.S. with Worth Magazine. And Women Who Mean Business Award from the Kansas City Business Journal. Congratulations on those. Um, you... Uh, you gave a great part of your speech uh, at the KC Pulse event about spousal networking. And I thought that was really interesting. I, uh, I don't have a spouse yet, uh, but I am dating someone. And so as someone that's involved in going to all these different events, you oftentimes have a significant other or a wife or a girlfriend or whatever accompanying you to a lot of these things. And you talked about how you could find ways for yourself to promote your or get your spouse to promote your network and promote their network and all this. I thought it was fascinating. Can you talk about that and, I give
2: my and your husband, advice for that? I give my husband, John Black, all the credit for this because what would happen, and probably a lot of women experience this, where you go to an event, a social event, and people don't ask you what you do because they're kind of afraid to ask. Well, do I ask or Don't I? What if she's at home? I don't want to you know, insult anyone sure. or embarrass them. and so. My husband would find really great ways within the conversation to mention what I do. Oh, yeah, Darcy's a financial advisor. You know, she works with kids and helping them get their, you know, kids into college, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. the the scenario might be that was relevant. And um, I I challenged your group, um, your Casey Pulse group, that that's another tool that you have in your toolbox. So use it, whether you're dating somebody or Mm -hmm. you're um, married to someone make sure they know what you do and what kind of the hot points are of what you do or what differentiates you in terms of what you do from others that um when they're in their own groups because your significant other has their own social groups um that they can kind of bring that to the to the conversation oh did you know jason has this great uh, radio show, radio right? show. You, re- <laughs> you you really ought to talk to him about yeah
0: see and i i think that's great because a lot of times too your significant other is maybe they're not as um uh, aggressive i guess at those types of events with what they do or or you, maybe you're not in in their group circles you know and so well, it's good to promote them as well
2: they are the they're your biggest cheerleader right they're uh-huh. in your camp they want you to succeed so they actually could be great spokespeople for you if you just train them to help help you help them help
0: you and i thought that was cool because i had never heard that before so i appreciated that good. that comment that you made
2: works both ways men and for women i agree
0: <laughs> it really does um Talk to us about your uh, involvement with advisory boards because a lot of people are curious of how those work and should you get on one and how to, what's the difference between a you know a, a corporate board and a, a charity board and time commitment? What I mean I know you've been on a lot of them, uh, four or five of them. Obviously, we already talked about the Capital Connection, um, but the Women's Capital Connection. But how does that? How did that all play out? And what is your experience in with that?
2: Well, I I thirty one years in the business that. Um, Merrill Lynch and Financial Services. I love, love, love my clients. But I was a little concerned that I was gonna wake up at sixty five or seventy and go, geez, why didn't I look at life in some different way? And I had a, a little bit of a itch a itch to scratch in terms mm-hmm. of running another business or having another at bat in another way. And so um being on a corporate board is a wonderful way to stay engaged in business but not have to grow and run a business full time yourself. I had some other things I wanted to do. I, I sail competitively and no I just like to ski and do some other cool. things, So, and I didn't have a lot of time for that when you're concerned about, you know, we ran, we managed a billion dollars, and people's money and their families were on my mind 24-7, so being on corporate boards helped me to stay engaged in a different way and, and um, use my skills, but it's not easy to find corporate boards, and um, even for people who ran, you know, billion-dollar divisions of big companies, it's it's a process, so... Um, I took it on like everything else I did in terms of building my business. I built my my board um, capabilities by joining organizations and going to seminars and things, and talking to a lot of people who are on boards. And it just took it's taken a lot of work. Um, mm-hmm. I'm still uh, looking for a couple more boards. I think I've got uh, some capacity there. I've got some things that are going on with the boards I'm on now that are working really great. And um, so, how to do that, and what's the differentiation from um, it takes a lot more time than a, um, a not-for-profit board. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of business acumen. Think about what are your business skills and how could you bring that to governance, which is, you know, it could be strategy, it could be risk management, it, it could be financial acumen, et cetera. And, and companies, um, private and, and public companies, need these sorts of people to to help them, um, you know, look at the big picture and, and, and you know, help them stay on the, 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 strat- the right strategy.
0: Interesting. Um, we got a couple minutes left here. Uh, so you've been in Kansas City now for, what, 31 years?
2: 31 years this time and then three years before. When I, before is it, New is it is,
0: it, is it, is it, is it, is it, has it been better than you thought it would be when you showed up, I guess, and you came back from New York? And, I don't
2: want to shout it too loud into this microphone, but I love Kansas City. Kansas City, like a lot of people that I know and hang out with, many of us didn't grow up here. Mm-hmm. But we've stayed because this is such a wonderful and vibrant anyone can come into this town and, and do something, be someone, lead something, um, take charge. It's just a wonderful open town and uh yeah, I think that's what attracts people here and it's what I'm doing now in some of my other volunteer. Um, work to help Kansas City, Missouri, actually attract and retain businesses that mm-hmm. in the core competencies of Kansas City, Missouri, because I feel a great passion for what we have here is super cool. We got some secret sauce we want the rest of the world to know about, and mm-hmm. and I want to grow, help grow. This I, business, I couldn't agree this, with you more. Uh, I mean, community.
0: I couldn't agree with you more. I'm very active. I mean, very uh, passionate about the the urban the, the city.
2: You're wearing your KC hat I, I as lot, we I've, speak. I've got
0: three or four new ones actually. The royal season's about to start, so um, but. Uh, but I, uh, I'm just, I'm just pretty pumped with what we're doing right now. And I just feel like we need to continue to seize the day and continue to improve upon the stuff that's happening. Um, I, you know, I mentioned off air that we went south by southwest in Austin and just building the relationships, trying to promote the bit, the city, trying to promote people to come here and start a company or to, you know, visit is important to me because I want you. us to be continue to be grow in accolades and continue to be a great place that people want to live in and have that thriving kind of urban core which is what important to me.
2: But it takes all of us. So you yes, know, everyone who's listening, you know, look at yourself and say, what, what are you doing to really make this a great place? And uh, we all chip in. It, it can be even better.
0: Well, Darcy Howe, uh, congratulations on all your success. I uh, appreciate you coming on the show today. I'd love to have you come on again in the future to talk about like more, you know, we could do like a theme show or something and you can, you can just join (laughs) Uh me the rest of the day or be a guest host when we have entrepreneurs on or business owners. It'd be kind of fun.
2: Uh, That's great. (laughs) I love what you're doing for Kansas city. This is really, uh, really fun to listen to your program.
0: Thank you very much. Um, Connect with Darcy Howe on LinkedIn. She has an awesome LinkedIn page, by the way. Um, We'll be right back after the break on grill nation with more exciting guests. And I appreciate you joining us today. I turn the music up, I got my red clothes on I shut the world outside until the lights come on Maybe the streets are light, maybe
3: the trees
0: are Hello and welcome back to Grill Nation. I'm your host, Jason Grill. Connect with me on Twitter at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show. And also our Facebook page is now up at Grill Nation Show. And lastly, you can connect with us online at grillnationshow.com. Great show so far. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. i uh, talked to a lot of cool thought leaders and newsmakers. Uh, in Kansas City and throughout the country and, uh, hope you're enjoying the new format. We're going to continue to spice things up here in the next few months with some new different, different types of segments. Hopefully get some remotes in store and, uh, keep bringing you quality content here on the KMBZ business channel on KMBZ.com. In our final segment today, we have, uh, Matt Binge, who is a consultant at SRA. He's involved in a lot of different, uh, organizations such as Centurions. Uh, he and I met, gosh, Couple of years ago, I think it was, but he also, uh, we've kind of reconnected over his business and different things he's doing, uh, in Kansas City. So welcome to the show, Matt. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Always, always rocking the, uh, the, uh, the good look, you know, the good corporate look. I like that. <laughs> you spiced it up with some sock ones today. <laughs> oh,
3: look, yeah. Looking good in those socks. Sock Which
0: ones are you sporting today?
3: I got, uh, the Dan Boland special, Bank of Prairie Village.
0: <laughs> got, the, <laughs> got the Bank of Prairie Village Lions. On it, that so. is a, a great, uh, ad for, uh, Sockle, One's Sock custom socks. That's right. For corporations and branded because people will wear them and sport them and you will get noticed. So my feet have never been the same in the last <laughs> few years. So great. Matt, uh, tell me about, uh, your background. I know you've, you've been, uh, in Kansas City and grew up here. Uh, tell me about kind of how you got into the industry here now, cause I think it's kind of interesting because yeah. it wasn't you set out to do it. Yeah. Not at all. Not at all. I, you know, I
3: grew up here in town and, um, you know, with the KU, so I didn't go far. Uh, which, by the way, congratulations on your, uh, NCAA tournament run. this year. Sure. Well, I, I thought I'd get that from MU guy. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm a which, shocker fan now, which I, I mean. wasn't, you know, I think most <laughs> MU, MU guys are since, since they didn't really have an opportunity to make any postseason tournament No, We, tournament we, this year, we so. did not. We, we did not. We're, uh, I guess we're a football school yeah. now. Who knows? I'm, I'm honestly kind of glad that KU has finally been—it's put me out of my misery because this—the this season as a spoiled KU fan was not—not not that fun for me. So, best of luck to Wichita State.
0: I agree. Um, okay, so you're talking about your background.
3: Yeah, yeah. So I, I you know, I, I grew up here in town and, and didn't straight far. I went to KU. Got actually got a journalism degree.
0: That's um, what it was. I thought it um, yeah. was
3: interesting. Yeah, I got a journalism degree. Always kind of wanted to be a sports broadcaster, and uh, so started out on the broadcast. I think every young kid's... Yeah. Kansas City guy did boy growing up. When I realized I wasn't <laughs> going to be playing in the NBA, I was like, okay, I think I, I want to broadcast, you know? No. Yeah. Uh, so uh, did that. I went to KU, got, uh, was in the J school and started on the broadcast side, but kind of halfway through, realized that I was going to have to start like producing shows and spots. And I was like, I just want to talk sports on the radio. <laughs> is something cool. So then I uh, switched over to strategic communication side, which is like your PR, marketing, advertising stuff. And... They
0: actually have a track in that at KU, don't they? They do. In the journals. So yep, yep. My intern does that. So. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So it was great. Great experience for me. Got out of school and looked at some different opportunities in that space. But, um, you know, I was told by several people that I should get into some sort of sales. So, um, my dad knew a guy that was in the insurance business, business that managed, um, the standard insurance office here in town. And standard insurance is a um, life and disability company based out of Portland, Oregon. So I started out calling on brokers, um, selling um, group insurance products, not medical, so all ancillary products, um, some smaller brokers here in town, but predominantly Springfield, Missouri, um, smaller towns in southwest Missouri. So mm-hmm. um did that for about three years, learned the business, learned how to sell, um, and learned that I wanted to eventually move to the broker side to more of a consultative role, you know, three reasons. One, so I could have more of a consultative sale than a price sale all the time. Uh, two, so I could leverage my network here in Kansas City. And three, so I could make more money. Um, and so I've been doing that for about four years, and I've been at and Rimley for about three. So it's
0: been cool. And tell tell good. tell me how if you own a business out there or you're an entrepreneur, um, how consulting what what you're doing now can help people. I uh, mean, from a from you know at Shiplin Rimley,
3: <clears throat> I think the perception of an insurance broker, or consultant, or producer or whatever you it's want to call it, it's sick stuff, us. man. It's yeah. deep. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I think the perception is that you know we just place insurance policies, and that's just not the case anymore. Um, you know, especially on the benefit side with healthcare reform, mm-hmm. it's more of a consultative role, uh, for a business owner, for their C-level people, for their HR department, um, helping them take some of that, some of those things, some of those administrative tasks off their plate, um, help, help them knowing what's going on in the insurance marketplace, um, you know, whether that be federal regulations with healthcare reform or whether that be, you know, what, what pricing's doing on, on, on the commercial side of things. Um, but there's just so many different things that go, go, go into it. And it's, it's not something that a business owner needs to specialize in. That's, that's our job. So we take those things, um, off our, off their plate and, and really come in and evaluate their program, see where they're performing well and where they're not, um, and then help them devise a plan to, you know, increase efficiencies and level out cost over time. What type of businesses should be thinking about this?
2: every single type of business okay. um we, what we, size we Missouri? work with
3: small medium and large businesses so all sizes i'm mean, all sizes you know Kansas City is a you know it's a it's a middle market city so that's kind of where we specialize so when i say middle market you know 5 to 500 million in revenue um obviously work with smaller and larger customers and then um on the benefit side it's more employee based so you know 50 to 5000 employees somewhere in there so um,
0: oh so you guys do pretty much it all run the gamut we do it all okay so when you started uh, you're pretty young guy still right 31 31 but you're married you old you have a child on the way so you're yeah. like a real per- a real adult now yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> unlike me who's 35 most I'm days i'm a real adult um okay so you started out in what like 2006 2007
3: 2007 is when i kind of got in got into the business And
0: so back then you were doing a lot of cold calling i imagine yeah um
3: The yeah the cold calling began right away um and the cold calling still exists today believe it or not um
0: but you, you pinned a column for um, for your blog at uh, – and by the way, your website at your company is, is srains.com.
3: S-R-A-I-N-S dot com. Okay. Um,
0: you wrote about why you use LinkedIn every single day. And I thought it was intriguing because uh, we were talking to an earlier guest about – off-air about LinkedIn and social media as a whole. Um, but it's definitely helped you in your – it's a powerful tool for it, it you to use it every day. I think – Anybody in any
3: business should be on LinkedIn. Um, I think it's the best social media business tool out there right now. Um, and I learned, I honestly got on there because I was on Facebook and this was like the new deal, you know, LinkedIn, to create a profile. It's like the business, like a resume, Facebook, you know, re- it's an online resume. So I got on there and I started connecting with, you know, friends and family and uh, business contacts that I had met over the years. And then I, I realized that, you know, more and more people are, were using it. Um, companies were creating LinkedIn pages, um, and so when I was identifying the the key people that I needed to meet inside companies, um, especially when I moved to the broker side, um, you know, I'm calling on CEOs, CFOs, COOs, HR directors, those type of people.s they, they are. I realized that they are on on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. and I had connections to them through my contacts. So I, I said, these people are getting cold called every day by not just insurance guys. But people in every different industry. So, I felt that LinkedIn was going to be my differentiator as far as opening that door and at least getting, um, you know, my face in front of them mm-hmm. um, to let them know that I'm not a pushy insurance sales guy, but I want sure. to be a resource for them if and, there is and an help them out if you can help them
0: exactly in, 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 in exactly. other areas. So, so you you kind of pinned this uh, this blog and and it's pretty interesting. And, and the first thing you talked about was reducing the number of true cold calls you make. Yeah. So. So I, I and I don't it, believe you. It's, it's your first sentence was as much as I love cold calling, mm-hmm. getting hung up on, or running around <laughs> in circles trying to get to talk to the right person in business. Your 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 use of the internet and LinkedIn make things more less painful, which you kind of touched on earlier. Yeah, but. yeah, I think,
3: um, you know, I, I call it true cold call is just calling somebody that you've never talked to at a business, and you know, introducing
0: yourself and trying to get a meeting with them, mm-hmm. um, and which doesn't really happen much and I don't feel like with guys like us in Kansas City you usually have a recommendation or a referral you you uh, do
3: it's it's a differentiator is what mm-hmm. I'd like to call it I mean you know having somebody vouch for you that you are a normal person and you are you you are good at what you do and can help them in some way shape or form is very powerful and it can at least get you that brief introduction that you need to begin building a relationship
0: uh, you talked about staying informed about specific issues in your industry. Is that still going on on LinkedIn? Yes.
3: Yeah, I, um, you I noticed
0: know, you, you 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 follow the human resource management groups. And, yeah, yeah,
3: and I, you know I'm involved in in a lot of different groups here in town. Association for Corporate Growth, uh, Society for Human Resources Management, SHRM. Um, LinkedIn's great to you know I, I'm all, I have it open on my computer when I'm in my office all day long, just kind of keeping up on articles, people post and what's going on, not only in the insurance industry but but all different industries because those are conversations. And it's free of charge, early. except it,
0: unless you're like a premium it
3: member, it is free. And I, I actually do the twenty dollar a month premium. People always ask me if I do that. Um, is it worth it? I think so. I, I it it gets me it lets me see a little more background on somebody that I'm not connected to. Um, so interesting. I yeah. haven't done it yet.
0: I haven't done the twenty dollar a month no. thing. Maybe I should <laughs> market yourself. You're you're doing it free of charge. Um And then you know keeping your resume up to date. You talked about the dreaded job search, and you yeah, talked about yeah. and, um, LinkedIn is a much more effective and easy way to keep mm-hmm. your online resume up. To one there. of the, one of the things that I like really enjoy doing is connecting people,
3: and um, I don't get paid for this, but I like to help people find jobs, um, kind of on the side because I know it's not it's not easy. Um, so you know, when people reach out to me and say they're looking for a new opportunity, I immediately ask them if they're on LinkedIn um, because you know that's where they're gonna. Be able to research companies, research people that they know that work at different companies that they'd be interested in working on, research who I know that works there. And so, um, when people, when people do identify these companies and they see I do have connections, um, internally there, I, I always try and connect them because, you know, getting your resume off monster.com and, or career builder, um, really increases your chances of finding a good job. So
0: I'm not trying to have any, uh, be an egotistical maniac here, but I have like, Four hundred of those LinkedIn requests from people, I have no idea who they are, yeah. from all over the world, just sitting in my bed. What do you do with all that i don't i well,
3: I don't connect with anybody that I haven't met or had a conversation with, so usually if somebody reaches the problem
0: back, is is when you started, you probably did
3: when when I did when <laughs> I started I, yeah. when I started, I did um, but very quickly, I learned that that was no benefit to me um so i all sometimes. I will write them a note. If I get a uh, connection request from somebody that I don't know, I'll just write them out and say, Hey, I appreciate you reaching out. I'm not sure that if we've met before, remind me if we have, um, you know, I'd love to grab coffee with you and learn about what you're, what you, what you do and share some information on me. And most often those, those uh, messages I send do not get returned. So <laughs> that just shows you, I don't, I don't know why they're trying to connect whether that they don't um, know how to use LinkedIn or they're just trying to build their connection base. I don't know, but, Maybe they're um, trying to build their email I, list too. I, yeah, and I think it's I think it's important that you know the person and and have some sort of re- relationship before you do connect. So I need to
0: go through that and look it's, through that, look yeah. go through that process. <laughs> Matt, we got a, about a minute and a half left. We're talking to Matt Ben. He's a great Kansas City consultant at SRA. He does a lot with um, insurance and 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 helping businesses. Um talk to me about the Centurions experience you've had mm-hmm. with the Chamber of Commerce here in Kansas City. Yeah, so the is.
3: Centurions uh leadership group through the Chamber of Commerce is um is just a great leadership program and I think, you know, compares second to none to, to most in the country. Um it is it consists of about forty young professionals, uh I guess eighty young professionals. It's a two year program, so forty in each class. And it's, uh, very diverse industry-wise, ethnicity-wise, gender-wise. Um, and basically, um, you have access to different leaders in the city. You learn about, um, different parts of the city, um, civically, non- non-profits. Um, um, it's just a very, very robust, diverse leadership group that I've, have been lucky enough to be selected to be a part of this year. So I'm in my first year. Oh,
0: you are? Mm-hmm. Are you getting hazed at all in there? No, no, there was, there was no, <laughs> there was no
3: pledge Um, <laughs> But, um, you know, if you're out there and you're a young professional looking for a, a great way to get involved in the city, um, have great access to leaders and learn about things in our city that um, you think you may know about. But, I mean, I grew up here, and, and the stuff I've learned about is, has just blown my mind. So it's been a great great opportunity for me.
0: Well, Matt Binge, I uh, appreciate you coming on Grill Nation today, and uh, we can connect with you on LinkedIn, obviously, if we know you. <laughs> and uh, check out your website, too. It's at uh, srains.com. That's it. And uh, hopefully, I'll see you at a Royals game there and, uh, or a Chiefs game this year. Sounds great. We can agree on those teams. Yes, we can. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for listening to Grill Nation. We'll see you again next week. Have a good one, everybody.